Welcome to Two Slices, a simple podcast with a couple of guys. I'm Sean. And I'm Roger. And we're here to serve you up our thoughts on what we're reading, what we're thinking, and what we're up to. Let's see where we go from here. Thanks for joining us for The Slice. All right, and we are back. It is episode nine. Good to have you, Sean. Thanks for having me, Roger. It's good to be back. Oh, uh, it is. I'm I'm really enjoying this time together. My microphone's really hot. I'm very excited. I will turn it down. Those of you listening to the podcast, I'm I'm turning it down. I'm really pumped up. I'm just excited, man. I I I I, I look forward to doing this each and every week. And so, Sean, if somebody just found this podcast, they just stumbled upon two slices. What is this podcast? Great question, Roger. We talk about this every week. Uh, you know, Two Slices is about me and Roger talking about what we're reading, uh, the things that are challenging our thoughts, uh, and other th- maybe places we're growing. Uh, but it's about issues of the day at times, and other times we, we might lean into our Christian worldview uh, as followers of Jesus to talk about things that we feel like God's putting on our heart. And so uh, if you're joining us, you're going to get a little hope. You're going to get a little inspired. Hopefully a laugh a little bit. Um, yeah. We're not... I don't think we're comedians, but we're pretty interesting. I think Roger's a pretty interesting guy, and uh, our back and forth hopefully keeps you here. So, absolutely. So, what's been happening this week, Sean? What have you been into? What have you been reading? What have you been doing? What's what's life like for for Sean O'Rourke this week, man? Yeah, well, we have um, Rachel and I uh, have a wedding to go to this weekend, and uh, we just had a birthday party for. Uh, Rachel's mom. So that was really fun. We have everyone. We just love having people over. I think I nice. say that often, yeah. but we have people over fairly often, like weekly. We usually awesome. have at least one or two guests every week. That's and awesome. sometimes it's like 10, 12 people. So we had all this food and uh, this week was uh, cheesecake, it was delicious cheesecake for dessert. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and that was pretty much it. And, and then it's just been a lot of work and kind of getting back in the swing of things uh, with like now, a, now some weddings a coming up. So I'm just planning for those. I have a question for you. Yeah. I'm putting you right on the spot. Okay. So how much of this social life is a product of you and Rachel together now versus when it was just Sean? Oh, totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You so know? I, so I was always, um, a really like I valued hosting a lot. However, hosting is a lot easier with Rachel because she is such a people person. There you go. Where like I almost felt stifled in that like I kinda I like having people over, but she is just so, so like she comes to life when people are over. That's and so awesome. between the two of us and, you know, she has a very large uh, you know, family here in central Ohio. <laughs> that so that always helps. So yeah, so there's always occasions. and we just we really love having people over. But having having being married definitely goes a long way in being able to to host and have have events a lot easier. Sure, yeah. absolutely. And because- she's a Rachel. So Rachel, I say this all the time. She's an amazing cook, and so we always try to like think through food really well. So we always have lots of extra food. So that's just something that like I know we talked this before, but I'm serious. It brings <laughs> us joy, like having extra food, like lots of food, not like uh, enough to feed the room, enough to so that people feel like they can have seconds and thirds of things. <laughs> so it was funny. I didn't like I, internally. Oh, that's so. This funny. is something Rachel and I. I've been doing this for a long time, and when Rachel and I got married, uh, I found out she she does this too, and uh, I didn't know that we were being that like us, people are associating us with that 
tendency, which is like, you guys always have extra food, right? Well, we went this, this last Sunday, um, we went to a restaurant and uh, we're meeting four other people there and they were, they were all late. And it was known, they were like, hey, so sorry, but we're going to be 30 minutes late. Someone had to go pick someone up, totally good. And we're like, oh, yeah, it's totally fine. Like, we're here, and we'll just see you guys right. in a little bit. Sure. So what we did was we ordered appetizers when we knew they were about 10 minutes away. So when we ordered all this food, and uh, <laughs> it got there, like, moments before they I did, which it. was great. And, and you know, somebody came there and was like, I feel like I'm at your guys' wedding. I was like, What? And he's like, this is how you guys live. It's just food is like overflowing <laughs> all the time. So, so that's, uh, that's, that we just love doing that. Well, and there's, and we've talked about this, just, just great fellowship. There's great camaraderie. There's great communication. There, yeah. I there, think we th- talked about a whole yeah, podcast about yeah, that. Th- yeah. It's just, it's just excellent. And so. So what we, about you? So we, we oh, did a little man. hosting this week. We had a wedding this upcoming weekend. We have a number of weddings in the next couple months. What about you? I know that you've been pretty slammed. So, yeah, so I, I, I started back to school, and that has been really fun and exciting for me. Um, and it is, I'm, I'm doing a, uh, a master's program in biblical studies, and I'm really enjoying the uh, uh, Dr. Cahill, uh, John Cahill, I'll throw his name out. It's a great guy that founded the college, is teaching the master's program, and he's just just an incredible line upon line, systematic, tying things together showing you how bringing all the loose ends he just has a mind that does that and it's been great to to really glean from him and and I feel like my sword is getting I say that because the bible's referred to as a as a two-edged sword right and so I feel like my sword is getting sharpened you know already and I'm only 2 weeks into the class you know so That's I'm awesome. really really looking forward to it and um yeah, it's it's been, but it's been hugely time consuming mm-hmm. because I'm just I, I don't know what my personality type is. I'm like either all or nothing. I don't know what it is about me, but like I just can't do the required amount. I have to literally like I have to know the content so well I could teach it. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And so that that's um I've just been burning the midnight oil just doing that. And so I, I, I'm a little bit bummed because I'm not caught up on Lord of the Rings. I'm oh, still, yeah. I yeah we talked even, about that last we talked week. About, I haven't even watched last week's episode. Yeah. And tomorrow's another one. That's right. Tomorrow night. I see, know. See, see? we're back to those like highlights of the week, man. Looking forward to like your show coming out. I love that. Yeah. So anyway, so there's not been a lot of TV watching for Roger, but I've had some really good study time, really enjoying that a lot. Work has been great, super busy. Um, fall has really picked up for us. And I'm going to the same wedding this weekend. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, we're looking forward to that evening out and, you know. Totally. Just getting to enjoy family and friends and a meal together and, and music and dancing and all that the wedding is. So yeah. yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. So what else? So, um you know, you and I were talking before the show about some stuff. Uh, you know, what's been what's been uh, kind of jumping around in your in your brain? Well, I, I've been thinking a lot about. So, I have a hard time compartmentalizing my life. My life just bleeds over into every dimension. So, like my professional life and the work that I do Monday through Friday bleeds over into my social life, the people I, I enjoy hanging out with and having fun with bleeds over into my church life, my family. I don't really, I've never been a compartmentalized guy. Mm-hmm. I, it's just, and so, so I say all that to say, 
I've been thinking about like in my line of work in insurance, it's all about networking and, 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 I, and we build relationships with other professionals because there's a real synergy that happens there. And I even, I even endeavor to build relationships with other insurance folks because what I found out, it's called the Amazon principle because nobody buys one diet book. They always buy three or nobody buys huh. one workout book. They always buy two. Huh. And there's a reason why Amazon always suggests you five or six things that are similar whenever you buy something there. And so I have found out that we're better when we're together. And so I build relationships with guys who would be my natural competition because they may have a niche or a market that I don't, or they may do something in a way that I can glean from and grow as an agent. Right. Mm, so, so yeah. I love networking. I love building those, the synergy of those relationships. Yeah, you go to networking events often. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm a member of a professional networking group that I, I pay to be a part of, you know, the, all that kind of stuff. And so I love it, love it. I, you know, enjoy that thoroughly. But I got to thinking about, my my spiritual life in church and all the stigma and you know and you mentioned you had mentioned it before the podcast you know people say well you don't need to go to church to be a Christian and and, and there's that's all true but I'm thinking there's also a synergy and a complement to each other if we're willing to in community there's a power yeah. to community community is a powerful and the spiritual life as well too yeah. we were never meant to do the spiritual life in isolation by right. ourselves right. you know right and so i just thought we might talk about some of that yeah. i'm not trying to be yeah, yeah. too you know preachy in this podcast but that's just what's burning in me this week well you're you're really passionate about networking you know in a way that um you're more of a people person although you're very you're very good at tasks and I'm more of a task person right. that that that's growing with people sort of thing i'm and, growing in my ability to, to complete tasks and do them <laughs> right i'm growing in my ability I wouldn't say to, I'm good at them. to be to 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 let people know i i'm i'm a nice guy <laughs> like i care about them <laughs> but um well, no, you know, I think that um, one of the common things, have you ever, have you ever like, like had to break into a new place? So maybe it's like a new work environment. You know, most people find community, like friendships and that sort of thing is going to come from your, most people, most adults from your, actually your work environment plays a really big role in that, right? So whether it's like a work environment, whether it's um, maybe a church, maybe it's a, a group that, you know, you're just kind of a networking group you're part right. of. I think it takes courage every time to walk into a new situation like that. Yeah. I think that like that's an undervalued part that we think it's fear, but it's actually courage trying to emerge yeah. and get us into a new place. I, I could not agree more with you, Sean. And I think for me, you know, when I was really, really young, I mean, like early twenties, I, I was a I was a young pastor of a small church out in the country here in Ohio, right? And we were non-denominational, right? So we weren't Methodists, we weren't Baptists, we weren't you know, Lutheran or whatever. We were non-denominational. We were everything. We were everything, <laughs> right? And so I had this real, I had this real, I, I felt isolated, you mm. know? Like I, I had relationships with people of like precious faith, but they were around the country. They were in West Virginia. They were in Oklahoma. They were in Florida. So I had, I knew I had a good, in Arkansas, I knew I had a good network of relationship but I felt really isolated out in the country there. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget, I got a knock on our church door, and the Nazarene pastor in our community says, hi, I just want to introduce myself to you. We have this um, 
ministerial fellowship, and um, I'd like to invite you to. And the first thing he said to him was, oh, I'd love to, but I'm not, I'm not in a denomination. And he said, you don't have to be in a denomination to fellowship with us, do you? And I was like, well, no. So he invited me to like this denominational, this, this ministerial association, and it literally was the Methodist, the Baptist, the Lutheran, the Nazarene, the, the, the Presbyterian. It was, and then I think there was an Assembly of God pastor or something. But there was like all these denominations, and then me, the independent guy. Mm-hmm. And I discovered over that first year or two how much I had in common with all those guys. Wow. And how we really, nine out, if there are 12 big pillars to the gospel, we were rock solid on nine of them together, hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we may differ over the work of the Holy Spirit, or we may differ on some eschatology or future things or prophecy or what. But man, when it comes to the gospel and Jesus loving people and wanting to transform their life, we, we there was a commonality that was there. Okay. Yeah. And so it fired that networking go beyond my four walls kind of thing, you know? And then I carried that over into the professional world where I didn't care whether, you know, in our insurance industry, whether you were a captive agent or an independent agent, I didn't care whether you were a realtor or a loan officer, or you were a plumber or another artisan, whatever. I just wanted to build network with people in relationship and say, and I've, and I said this last week and I'm going to shut up about it, but I said this last week, I just get a thrill when I am able to help somebody and either the light bulb comes on and they recognize something or they're empowered to do something, that's just like the big win for me. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yes, I'm totally into the networking and, and I, and that's a real passion of mine and community is a real passion of mine. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that, um, especially with COVID that we've, every listener who's listening right now, we've all gone through it and, Everyone had a slightly different experience of it, but a common, um, a common sort of inconvenience at times, and maybe common fear or common um, change of life. And I think that there's something there's something to be said about how isolation is always a killer. Like isolation is a killer. That it kills our connection with each other. It, sometimes it just kills your perspective, healthy, right. me, even, even even mental health. That that isolation is ne- is almost never the answer, almost never. Isolation. There's a difference between being an introvert and 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 partnering with isolation. Yep, you're I, right. I I lean introverted, and what for me that just means that that kind of reads that. You know, I tend to get recharged just personally um, alone, and it doesn't take long. It, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes by myself, a walk, or l- let me think about something, or even a drive. And and I actually get refreshed by that, right? Where where different people will right. probably you're you're probably more like you would rather have your wife in the car on the drive with you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like you you'd yeah. rather have your friend on the phone with you, like yeah, because you get recharged through connection. Yes. Yeah. But there's a so difference. That's why I podcast. You know, <laughs> right? There's a, there's a synergy. You know, I get I get re I get um, some positive stuff from from us coming together and talking about these things. Right. And so so like to the introverts out there, the introverts I feel like like as as your fellow introvert and I was I was a big time introvert man like I like <laughs> I mean I was yeah big time introvert. Um, you know the the temptation is to go too far somewhere. The temptation is if I get recharged by myself, it's better that I do that more than. 
And what happens is that's actually not true. It's yes. small doses of what you need is the way to get recharged, right? So isolation comes into play when you when you begin to um, create false narratives and realities about people, situations, and circumstances. That's how you know you you you've gone from being introverted, or you've gone from being alone to now you're in this world called isolation. Right. And, and new narratives are being created in your head about the world and about people around you. Fear can come yep. in through so many different doors. You know, I remember um, this was a number of years ago. I lived in uh, in this area of Columbus. And uh, I was renting an apartment with a buddy of mine, and um, you know we were we were you know in our early twenties. I, I think I think you know when you're in your early twenties, furniture isn't like the highest priority, no. like cool furniture or comfortable yeah. Oh, yeah. or expensive yeah. furniture. And it was really funny. Him and I had no grid for it, and uh, somebody we had people over, and they came over, and they're like, "You guys don't have any legs on your sofas." And it was the first time we noticed it. We were like, "You're right," <laughs> like we, you know, we didn't even notice that. For um, sure. And, and, I, and I never forget. I love it. Yeah. And so so this neighborhood I was in, uh, we're like the only like little four unit apartment in this, right. in this really quaint neighborhood. Great neighbors. And it was snowing a lot that year. And so um, we, we basically, my roommate knew somebody around the corner that was an elderly uh, woman who couldn't like shovel her. I, he, it was like a friend of a friend. I, I forget how the connection went. But... Um, my old roommate, uh, Bill and I would go and shovel her driveway, yeah. like when it would snow, like, and I never forget, um, I went and, I went and did it one time and it was kind of the late afternoon and then it turned evening and I'm finishing up and it was a lot of snow. And at this point I had never met her. We just were doing it cause it was something to kind of do that was helpful for someone. And so and I never met her before and she comes out. And she's like, you know, who are you? And I was like, oh, oh, I'm me and Bill live around the corner. You know Bill really well. I'm his roommate. And uh, we've, we've tried to come by and just help your driveway a little bit. And she was like, she was really, she didn't know what to make of it. It was almost like a deer in headlights because she lived by herself. Right. And she was, she was in her 80s. Yeah. And this, I mean, this spunky firecracker of a woman, though. <laughs> I mean, just like, just like awesome. had the craziest stories. As soon as she realized that like Bill and I, I think it was like we knew her like, her like granddaughter or niece right uh, as soon as we, it was like kosher like she would ask us to come over if we would do it like she asked us to come in and like hey can you help me with this inside or like hey can i get you guys some coffee and things and it was really funny because as soon as she realized that that we were safe people and, and she she realized that oh my gosh right. like i'm i can actually like trust you a little bit and because of this the elderly particular watch the news all the time man you just watching news and what are you watching you're just watching a lens or a perspective uh, of something in the world yep. that is usually a pretty incomplete lens so what happens is you build these narratives of what the world isn't like right and and, and now someone's coming doing good well all you've seen is news of people doing bad so like she's you feel when we fill our brains with with, That's with so good, does that Sean. make sense when yes, we fill our totally brains with that stuff sense. we become isolated and we start to create these narratives that aren't true at all yep and it was really funny this this woman's name was bunny i mean she was just a, a, i mean just a riot right and uh, i remember i went over i wound up doing like thanksgiving over her house before and was and what happened is over time you just saw this change when somebody outside of sort of her bubble began to just be a part of it the change that took place in her right. was that she was like she smiled more 
she was happy. She was, she, she began to trust, trust people a little bit more. And so it's just an example of like how isolation really can create this, this, this alternative reality that's not real. Well, I'll never forget. If I can find the study, I'll put a link in our show notes. I I read a study years ago about they did it. So let's just say back off. And and even if you're not spiritual and all this stuff, this isolation is scientifically proven to be bad for you. They did a study where they built these isolation chambers where they would send a person down there for like 30 or 90 days. Maybe it was even 120 days. By themselves? By themselves. They had no connection to the world. Nothing. They had a panic button that if they hit that button, somebody would, would come down and get them. They had all the water they needed, all the food supplies they needed. They could turn lights on. They could turn lights off. Hmm. Um, they had tasks that they could do. They had access to a library, but no TV, no internet, nothing, and no clocks on the walls. So they had no concept, Ooh, no concept of time. Oh, that's we're gonna mess with your circadian rhythm. And so what they discovered was as people started in a natural rhythm, but the longer they were in isolation, they worked less and they slept more mm. and they worked till they would have to actually some of them they had to intervene and go down and get them because they were wanting to sleep 20 hours a day and work just four because that isolation and no sense of rhythm, no sense of momentum wow. moving yeah. forward led them into that path of they, they're just shutting down, wow. you know? Yeah. And so there's a, there's a whole factor we're built for community. That doesn't mean you got to go out and have a hundred friends. Right. Right. But we, you're, you're built to be around others, to be in community, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I think it's just so important, Sean. I think, yeah. And I think sometimes we, we really try to find like our tribe. Sometimes that's the case. You're trying to find like your tribe, like your, your, your crew, your group, your yeah. community, this place of connection. I, honestly, I, I just, and Roger, you might have a totally different experience than me. I just don't think it usually works that way. I think you find one person. I think you connect with like an individual and that might lead to another connection or you get invited over to somebody's a get together and then you start to sort of have a couple more, you know, just like connections or things like that. And it be slowly over time sort of becomes a little bit of your tribe versus trying to find all 10 people I best connect with at once, right, you know, exactly. And, and I think that following that, that thread is the way that we begin to just begin to encounter community outside of, of our day to day. It's like, who's that one person that I kind of connect with, or um, at least, at least I have found it to be the case is that I rarely run into like seven best friends. I rarely run into 38 close relationships. It's like one or two. And then that goes a little further and then somebody else might come along into that. And sometimes the baton gets passed and sometimes you, you, you wind up with a couple of people in your life that are really life giving to you and feel like they're there for a reason. So I would say, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think that a lot of times, whether you're a guy or whether you're a gal, you you do relationship differently. Not 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 a blanket statement that that's true. Hundred percent. But 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 women have a tendency to be relational just naturally in conversation and yeah. details and talking and 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 they emotionally connect. Where men are much more task oriented and we connect over things we do, like we golf together, we watch football together, we go hunt together, whatever you know. And men connect that way. Now, that's not everybody. There's examples for all that. But even within introverts and extroverts, I would say there's even a little bit of a difference because, like, my wife, very introverted. um, But my wife has just a few. She has a lot of people she knows, 
but just a few friends, and they are really deep, deep friends. I yeah. mean, they are like, yeah. I Kinda mean, sisters. Yeah, they are like, if 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 life just happened in a horrible way, they're going to be there for each other. Yeah, you know. And I, I've always been much more of an extrovert, and I have socially, I communicate with way more people and talk to way more people. And I always thought, you know, I don't really have deep, deep friend friendships, you know. But I've noticed as I've gotten older, I have two levels of relation. You know, I have mm. like this whole community of people I talk with on a regular basis. Yeah. But then I've got like three people that I have a deep relation that I really yeah. talk about life with. Yeah. You know, I do. Um, be, besides my wife, you right. know. And so I, I, I say yes and no. I agree totally. But I, I know for me, my personality only takes relationships being an extrovert a certain, only a, to a certain level. Yeah. But then I'm just, I feel blessed that I have like, I can tell you three guys that I have in my life that I, I could like, you just call it anytime. I can go to the, I can call 724, 3 a.m. in the morning, mm. and they would they would get in a car and be right at my house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Rachel and I actually talk about this like pretty frequently. Is Danny Silk's the concentric circle idea? So the idea for for listeners and Roger, I think you're familiar with this, but it's basically I, I'm thinking. I don't know if I am or not, but I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, so imagine like a really small circle. And in that small circle is you um, and maybe your spouse or you and, and God, it's, it's the, it's the most you there is, right? It's just right. you and, yeah. you and your spouse most likely yeah. is going to be in that circle with you if you're married. Right. So you have this little circle and then there's a ring around that circle. That's like level two and level two are going to be very like your close friends. Some of those people you're mentioning for your, with your wife and yourself, right. they're kind of those like, and it could be a family member. It could be a close, it could be a blood relative. It yeah. could be a friend. Yeah. Um, but they are people that are, you know, level two friends, like sure. level two people. They're the closest to you. They get a yeah. lot, they get the most access to you, to the things that are important to you, to your heart, to your decision-making. Yeah. Um, you can talk to them about things that they can tell, you no. They're they're the ones that can tell you no. <laughs> they're the ones that are like that's a bad idea. You're yeah. you are you're you're lighting your world on fire. Bad call. Like they can say no to you, and you would listen yeah. to them. Yeah. So and then there's the next circle. So just keep the circles just keep going. Now we have another circle that this is level three. This is somebody that is able to come very close into your world that you like being with. There's life on life. They're they're not people that are draining you, right? There's someone um, that is going to be able, you're going to be able to go have some dinner or coffee with, you might go on a road trip with them. You might be able to spend, you know, ample amount of time, similar interests, yeah. similar worldview. A lot of times, although it's great to have people that aren't, but in that area, you, you're just seeing things the same way there. There's life on life happening there. Um, and you know, and then you, you keep going out then like level four, level five, that the, we can have, we can have great connections with people, but not everyone gets the same level of access to us. So, so the, the illustration that, uh, Danny Silk uses, which I think is real brilliant. He's like, well, he's like the mailman can come to my house and he can put stuff in my, in my mailbox. And if he were ever knock on the door, I would give him a drink. However, I'm not going to go give him a tour and show him my bedroom. Right. It would right. just, be, it would yeah. just be weird. That would be weird. It would be weird. Right. So right. it's just that idea that you can have people in your life that have access to you, but not everyone has the same level of access That's to good, you. That's good, Sean. Very good. And I know we talked last week a bit about boundaries, that it's just so important that it's not about keeping people out. It's about keeping life in. So for instance, those level two friends, the ones that you, they get to tell you no, 
and you're going to listen to them and you're going to, you're going to take their feedback. You're going to not just dismiss it. You know, a sign of good maturity is that you have people in your life that can tell you no, and you still love each other, even though you disagree on a topic, but you allow them to influence you. You actually allow yourself to be vulnerable to them. Here's a sign of immaturity is that someone tells you no and you kick them out a level. You go to they, now they're in level three or they're in level four. As soon as as soon as someone gets close enough to tell you no, they keep on getting booted oh, to another no. ring. Yeah. It, it, it's a classic, it, it's what happens when you might cycle through those close friends wow. all the time. Oh, that's so because yeah. because yeah. no one gets to really not speak into your life to tell you what to do. Yeah. No one just gets to be a part of your life to um to to be able to come into those places that yep. are really imperfect or, or, or just you're working on and yeah. still feel loved by them. And, and, and what I found in my experience is that you don't, that person in your inner level, that level one person beyond your spouse, they don't even have to have a lot. They don't have to have a lot of the same like personality or even interests. Like I, I think of, I'll, I'll share one of my level ones is, is my friend Kevin. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Kevin and I have been friends since second grade. He lived three ho- wow. house, he lived three houses down from. And you guys are still you guys are still close friends. S- close friends to this day. Wow. And we had a season. So you, you know, guys know each other for like twenty five years. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but it's like Kevin doesn't. Kevin is a believer, but shares a very different Christian faith experience than I do. Very different. But he's a believer, and and I. We don't have time in the podcast to explain that, but it just is what it is. But and we we share and we share a few things in common, but really it's our friendship has been the glue that has held us together mm. this whole time. And he's one of those guys that if he if he picked if he called my cell phone at three a.m. and said I need you at my house, I'm going to get in the car and go, and he's going to come to my house, you know. And it's just, we've just been in relationships. It's just, you know, and part of it was we didn't move away from each other. We, we've always lived in central Ohio. We had a season when I was raising kids and all this stuff where we only, maybe only talked once a year, you know. Uh, but then here in the last 10 years or so, we've gotten really, it's just like we're best friends again. You That's know? great. And, and it's, it's, awesome. it's, it's, so he's one of my level ones where if he tells me no, Outside of my wife, there's very few people that know me as well as Kevin knows me. Yeah. If he says no and my wife says no, (laughs) I better be listening to the Yeah, at some point you're it's on you now. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Yes. Well, I think that I think that like that what you were mentioning before of just that that sense of networking, that sense of you know, we're just not built to be alone. We're not built to do life, we're not built to figure out life on our own. We're actually built to for people around us to speak into our life in small ways. And it, some people get more access than others. I tell you what, one of the worst <clears throat> things you can do is give give a toxic person level two, level three access. Uh, no way. Yeah. All the, I see it all the time. And, no and I, I've run into this before. You've run into it before. Um, is, is someone that's toxic, that's, that's, that has the appearance of a level two, but they should be level five, six, yes, right? Yes. You can't. That that is that is a recipe for major yeah. disaster. So I say that because it's so it's so healthy to regularly like review who are those people in my life that just in this example are like those level two people. Yes. And and am am, am I giving those level two people enough access to me? Yes. Because they deserve more. 
Yes. And then the level level four and up, hey, if I'm spending a lot of time with you, but you're not a level two person that like I trust the deepest parts of like who I am for to be Come around on. you. Come on. Then you need to move them back out. You they need to go out to not Al Qaeda level, you know, 180, <laughs> right? But but you you can still be great friends. Keep your love on. Yes. Stay connected. Yes. In, in a healthy in a healthy boundary. And it, and and I say all that because. When we when we're when we're navigating those things with grace and it's not about hey you know beginning to ghost your friend who's calling you all the time it's just about beginning to have a sense of what am I opening my life up to them what am I letting them in on in an intimate yeah. way right because it's weird to go tell your dentist all of your intimate things that you're thinking about in your brain all the things that you're worried about the things that you're you know that, that yeah. you're dreaming about like when we're talking about those things like they're actually for certain people but you don't know who they are until you start to evaluate like who are those most valuable kind of right. precious relationships in my life and now i have a place to begin the net to kind of network well with others knowing that i don't have to have everyone the goal isn't to have 38 people in level two come on it's just not come so, on so but we're, we're made to have level three level four level five relationships and community yeah because we're adding value to their life and they're adding value to ours awesome well, as we begin to wrap this up for this week, what are some ways, Sean, that so give us the name of the book if you know if you remember the name of the book. If not, I'll put it in the show notes. So look it up there. I think that would be a great read. I want to encourage folks that are listening to this podcast and maybe they're saying, Gosh, all my every person I know is like level four and higher. You know, H- how do you uh, begin to evaluate and and cultivate relationships? If people lift instead of lean, that's the, that's the pathway toward a higher level relationship, right? I think so. You know, what are some other signatures of what you know? Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but what are some ways maybe you know? How can we encourage somebody yeah. you know to to move in this direction? I think I think most of us have those level two people in our life, and we're just not valuing them. I think that's yeah. I think I, would I think agree. that I think that everyone listening has that 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 there's level two people in your life that you really respect them. You respect how they live. You respect the, you know their approach to life, and we tend to undervalue them, and we don't seek out input from them when it comes to decision time. When yeah. it comes to when you're just feeling uncertain, when there's you're overwhelmed, that we tend to to um, devalue that valuable relationship in our life. Right. So what I would say is just, is just take a little assessment. Like who are those close, the level two, the level one people in your life? And do they know they are? Do they know they are? Yeah. Because if they don't, you know, that's a great journey to go on is communicating to them, hey, like I just want to let you know um, how much I value our our relationship, our friendship. That's so good. And hey, if I'm ever in a, you have permission to, like speaking to my life. And, um, I just want to let you know, like, like over these years, that's something that I feel like, um, when I, when I think about you, I think about someone that I can just really trust. So anyway, so I say that because I, I think that it starts with who are your closest people and beginning to put value on it yourself right? rather than sort of almost disregard them. And they don't even know how valuable they are to you. So that that's just something to consider. So good. So good. Well, that's gonna, that's gonna bring us to the end. Of two slices, man. Yeah, yeah. We kind of episode nine is, went down is, some paths today. It was good. I, I've enjoyed this. I enjoy our conversations. I, I'm just going to believe and trust that 
those of you listening to the podcast are going to get something good from it. So. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. You know, we'll be back next week too. So next week, well, if you're I'm new, hoping... if you're new and you're just listening, go back and listen to some of our others. I don't. What number is this? What number are we going to number be on? nine? This is, number nine. This is technically our tenth podcast because zero. Because episode zero was just a practice one. Yeah. Where we're, where you we skip episode zero because yeah, we were. It, yeah. We're just trying just, to figure stuff we, out. We just got in the booth and said, let's just start talking about whatever the yeah, Bible, no whatever's idea. on our mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but, but no, but, yeah, I would say go back and listen to a couple because yeah. you'll get a sense about kind of who Roger and I are. And yep. hey, we're just really, we're really grateful you're joining us and we want to continue to connect with you guys. So um, we're on social media. You can kind of follow us on there. We yep. never know and then we're going to drop some stuff. But uh, man, thanks so much for joining yep. us. And we try every Tuesday morning to drop a new podcast. So just kind of be on the lookout for it. We'll try to hit that up in social media. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Two Slices. We'll see you guys next time. See you.